2: yeah ladies and gentlemen
1: woo. please yeah. welcome our special woo. guest yeah. vera Demilo. yeah it woo. takes two to make the yeah. thing
2: go right woo yeah it takes woo. two to make it out of yeah. sight i want to rock right now yes you do rocking it out here we are welcome everybody to thoughts that rock you know the place it's a podcast that is about exchanging two pieces of life-changing advice
1: squeezed into about 30 to 40 minutes look we know you don't have time for this we know you're on your commute you're trying to feed the kids you're trying to make lunches whatever you're trying to do we know that grabbing those little pieces that might amp up your day is increasingly more difficult and so whether you are looking for your 15th piece of flair at tchotchkes or you know maybe you're a paper boy trying to collect your two dollars or I don't know. Maybe you're putting lotion in a basket. We just want to be the 30 minutes you look forward to every single week.
2: Yeah. And this month is even special for us more than usual. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. It is. And Thoughts at Rock, as you probably know, helps support Cannonball Kids Cancer, which is a fantastic nonprofit. It's focused on providing options to kids with cancer who've been told that they basically have run out of options cool thing that CKC does, they help identify, you know, innovative options. And then they actually fund it. They find the money that's necessary for that innovative treatment. And they basically provide hope to the hopeless. And we just think they rock.
1: Yeah, they're amazing. Just a quick reminder, whatever format you're using to listen to this show, if you like it, we would love it if you would take a moment, give us a rating, but even better would be to leave a little written review. Yeah. It's those written comments that shoot us up the charts and keep us in front of the people that uh, we want to grow the show for and helps us better support Cannonball Kids Cancer. For sure. So listen, whatever we have to do to, I don't know, inspire you in some way shape or form. I know what you're talking about. Do you? I do. You know that when this music begins to play, it starts to uh, get all the juices flowing, you know what I'm saying?
2: I do. I do. And it, it shifts my mind cuz I know we're starting to move into a different phase of the show. It's
1: business time. We're talking uh-huh. about business time.
0: <laughs>
1: Our guest today, we are so excited. Uh, she's the founder of an incredible nonprofit called Cannibal Kids Cancer Foundation. Um, just have grown to, to love this woman here in a very short period of time in the work that she does. Would you please join me in welcoming Melissa Wiggins to Thoughts That Rock? Melissa, welcome.
0: Thank you. I'm very excited to be here.
1: She's she's literally mean she's here. She is the first guest that we have had in Tinfoil Studios here. Yep. yep. With thoughts that rock. So, welcome to the table. Uh, we are. Uh, we should also say today <laughs> <laughs> that Melissa is dressed in full '80s garb because she tells us that she's going to an event tonight that required <laughs> it. Although. I'm not exactly sure if I believe her. this could just generally be what she wears on Fridays.
0: Friday night, baby. Anyone
1: that, that follows her on social media knows that she's a fashionista with her outfits of the day. And this just might be the next thing for her. She's bringing back the giant hair and um, bright eyeshadow and uh, lipstick and the whole, the whole bit. It I'm might, here.
0: I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> it might
1: actually be the
2: next thing for us. Any in-studio guest must dress up as an 80s icon, some type of a rock star.
1: I love it. She said she's going as Madonna tonight and she's doing a pretty... She's she's the Scottish Madonna. We love it. (laughs) We love it. So, listen, CKC uh, was named after her son, Cannon, who was diagnosed with stage 4 neuroblastoma uh, when he was only 20 months old. Uh, It was a, a really tough experience that she went through, but really allowed her to see the realities of what childhood cancer is and really inspired her and her husband to found... Uh, Cannonball Kids Cancer. And and since then, in June of 2014, they've really been able to help over 300 kids now by providing options to those who've been told there aren't any options. Um, Being a family that was told that, Mm. I I just could not be um, happier to have you here and really toot that horn of what you're doing and how important the work is. And, you know, Melissa is now not just out raising millions of dollars for research and funding that research and giving these kids the treatment that they deserve. She also is out speaking and she's an author and she's honestly uh, turning into an icon. And uh, we just couldn't be happier to have you sitting at this table with us today.
0: Very, very excited to be here with you guys.
1: Well, and it's perfect timing, too,
2: because this month, as we talk about, is childhood uh, awareness, you know, childhood cancer awareness. And as you know, Thoughts at Rock supports CKC. So, you know, for us to have you actually not only a part of that being a guest, but being in studio, just uh, it it
1: really just makes us extremely happy. So it's the only month of the year where we go gold. It's really the only month of the year that I would wear gold uh, because it's not one of the most flattering colors on me. But uh, we uh, this month are going gold all month long. And, uh, and supporting CKC and everything that we do. So, listen, you listen to this podcast. We know it's your favorite um, because. Totally my favorite. Nothing yeah. else
0: beats it. <laughs> that's it's life changing, some people might say.
1: Yeah, if you read it properly, it says that it's life changing and it's <laughs> grants the reason. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but that's fine. It can also be practical <clears throat> and tactical, though, I would say. It is. Um, practical and tactical is a fancier word for boring. Yes. Um, but. But not true, but efficient and and needed, right? Not everyone can start at the top of the mountain. So, you know, rather than uh, beat around the bush and get into your deep background as to your history, she's got an incredible background. We're going to put in the show notes. um, For those of you who are interested in going and sort of seeing her background as uh, as a lawyer, and sort of the work, uh, some of the work that she's done is just really incredible. Um, But we're going to jump right into it. So the floor is yours. You know how we do things here. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock! Number Number one!
0: My thought that rocks is highlight and delete.
1: Okay. So here we go. What does that mean?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well,. I think that we live in a world where we continue to compare with other people, right? We are continually looking at what people do on social media. We are we live in this world where we're looking at what other people do, when they do it, how they do it. And I think that comparison is a thief of joy, right? Yeah. And so for me, every day I go through this process in my head and write it down where I highlight the good parts of my day and I delete the other parts that I don't Mm. like. And it kind of was this thing I started seeing, highlight and delete, and now I have a sign in my office that says highlight and delete.
1: I love it, I love it. Listen, full disclosure here, She's Scottish Wow Yes Oh sorry Was, was that not the <laughs> that disclosure? That the full disclosure I was going with I thought that was obvious But that's fine Yes Can you translate? I'm not sure <laughs> y- Yes we'll have, we'll have to have our talk slower and, Yes and, But yes. she's doing great so far You're- Thank
0: you Is my English okay? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> it's perfect
2: Actually I will say That we have a pretty good following in the UK But we to date Have no audience members in Scotland
0: which we will change.
2: Yes. After
1: today, we're expecting Boom. big things. That should be our number one country uh, after today. Right. Exactly. We both wore our, our, our kilts today. Mm-hmm. so <laughs> <laughs> She knows that's a lie. She can see right now. Uh, but for real, we're not wearing underwear. So listen, full disclosure, <laughs> we actually recorded this episode, um, gosh, a month ago. Yes. And, and we got to the very... It was an absolutely amazing episode. We got to the end, we hit stop on the recorder and somehow Jim hexed it and it blew up and we didn't get a chance to actually record it. Uh, that's the story I'm going with. It was, yes. it, Although it was my finger that pushed the button. Uh, but it, it, it absolutely, it, we were heartbroken. We were heartbroken because um, it was such a good episode. It was so organic. It was so real. It was emotional. And, and um, here we are not only having to face the fact that we didn't get it, but now I have to call you <laughs> and say Melissa um, you remember your thought about highlight and delete um, We're gonna put that into practice because the entire episode was chewed up and it didn't actually get to uh, be recorded and to your credit um, you lived you lived your thought you mm-hmm. were like no worries so when do we when do we redo it and and so it's taken us a, a little bit to to get her and her busy schedule in the studio, but she's now sitting here, so we don't worry about any of these <laughs> problems again. Um, but more importantly, I love the fact that you actually had a chance to live out your thought here. And and I think it's really hard at times, right? Because when things happen and, and they don't go the way that you want them to, it's really easy for anyone to try to point out all the good things, right? Well, it could have been worse or well, think of this, it's, it's really a blessing in disguise. And if you're like me, most of the time you want to punch those people right in the face. (laughs) Um, and so it's hard to find those, those beams of light in an otherwise dark situation. And, and I know that you and I have both been through those types of situations with our kids. Um, but how do you go about deleting those things that are tough? It's, it's one thing to be able to say, I'm going to focus on the positive, but it's another thing to be able to deal and delete, if you will, those negative thoughts. So how do you actually so go I about think, doing
0: it? So I think, you know, I think like you said, we've both... Experienced, you know, trauma with our children and what that feels like as a parent, and I do believe that that changes your perspective, right? But now we have an opportunity to help people who don't have to go through that in order to change it. And each day I wake up, I, you know, we talked about this. I have a jar, right, mm-hmm. and my jar is full of energy. It's right at the top when I wake up in the morning, and I get to decide what I do with that jar. And I only have so much, and I just refuse to spend every day using that small amount that I have on stuff that doesn't deserve it. And so for me, that's where I delete, I'm like, is that worth it? Is it worth it for me that my husband doesn't like almond milk, and I do, and I asked him to buy almond milk, but (laughs) he bought regular milk. No, it's not.
1: What's almond milk? <laughs> um, well, let's face it. Nobody likes almond milk. <laughs> but when we did go to her, her office, they did offer us almond milk in our coffee, um, which we were like, we'll, we'll take it black. Um, but it was not uh, true. I, uh, I had almond milk in mine. It was good i'm surprised yeah you're welcome
2: thank you thank you i'm not converting it was not really life changing it (laughs) was it it was
1: manageable (laughs) it was at best it was practical and tactical and and that's yeah but i think here's the thing you know it's interesting to me um you know we've done some work uh with the ckc staff of helping uh, to define their core values And when you define these five things or so that you're going to try to focus your life on, I think it makes it easier to let things go, right? So if it doesn't affect one of the five things that you say are the things that are most important in your life, these things that are closest to your heart, um, then you can let them go. But Most of us don't do that. Most of us don't define those things. And I think that's where it gets really tough to let go because when there's 50 things that we hold important and we try to honor those things in our life, it, it, the anxiety and the depression and everything that comes with this feeling of inadequacy, because it's impossible for you to honor 50 things in your life that are important on a daily basis. But if it's only five, then you can make the choices that are the right choices for you to be able to let those things go because they truly you can look at them and go, this has nothing to do. So what are, what are your five? I know we, we did this, but could you tell everybody what your five are that you live?
0: Sure. So gratitude, obviously like number one connection, you know, it's really important. I feel like every day to have connection health. I, I need health in my day. Like that is very, very important to me. Um, leadership, you know, um, You know, we started Cannonball Kids Cancer and that took some leadership in our community and now that leadership has grown and we have lots of leaders. And so those are the ones that are most important to me because... I love that you were able to not only help us figure out what those were, but then say, all right, Melissa, now you have to put them in your day. That's the part that was the game changer for me was every day now, where are they in my day? And then, you know, when you have a bad day, you been able to figure out, well, you know, I didn't have any health in there. I didn't have any connection with my family. I wasn't doing anything that was making me grow today. Like, what did I do to make me grow? And now when, you know, one of the things you talked about was when people asked you to do things, right? It's September. It's Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. We have, uh, I have five events over the next two days. Our team is in New Jersey. More team members are in New York. How do you choose what you do? How do you make decisions? And I think that's been the biggest part is you. we took those values and now we plug them into every day. And because we do that, we're able to make better decisions, which also helps with highlight and delete.
2: You know, when I was in the office too, um, I was really amazed to see that not just you, but all the team members. Had actually taken the work that you had done, Brant, with CKC, and everybody had their own hanging five values, front and center, right at the very front of the door. And I thought, what a great way! It wasn't just lip service; it wasn't just talk. You didn't maybe have it written and in a you know in a drawer somewhere. They're displaying it, and I think that just sort of helps you stay grounded in those values. So I thought it was fantastic.
1: Well, f- full disclosure, the reason that they were there is because. Melissa printed them up and gave them to them and said, these need to be displayed. Um, You know, one of the things we talked about is if you want to help people treat you in the way you want to be treated uh, and you want them to sort of be able to choose the right words that are going to have the best results, then they need to see what matters most. And so having them hidden in a drawer doesn't really help Mm -hmm. anybody, but having them on your desk so that people see, Hey, here are the five things when you, when you heard, you know, Melissa talk through gratitude and connection, health, leadership, and growth, these are the things that she showed these things, yeah. you know, that leadership is represented in the fact that she just didn't make this lip service. She actually went out, printed them up, put them in a really nice place so that they could actually be displayed at each individual person's uh, desk. Yeah. And that helps anybody who walks through the door. Yeah, They look at that. They say, these are the things that matter most to me. And it, and it makes me choose my words more carefully yeah. because words matter. They
2: they were even designed, honestly, with some reverence. I mean, it isn't like you took a piece of paper and put it up. It had the same cool vibe as anything else you had in the office. I just, again, you guys really took it to the next step. I thought it was fantastic. I
0: think what you guys do well together as a team is, you know, you talk about – you brand was able to help us figure out what are your values, right? And then the practical side, like you, you know, mm-hmm. you have Jim is all right, well how do I use that in my everyday life, right? Like you I, anyone in the world can figure out what their values are. Great. You know what they are. And then like you said, in a drawer, but now like every morning I write down what those are and mm-hmm. on a Sunday when I plan my week, they're there at the top written across my calendar. And I'm trying to figure out where is that? And I just can't, like i honestly just can't thank you guys enough because i it has totally made me a happier person because i'm oh. getting a little bit of those every day
1: yeah well you're you're a happier person because you actually are living in alignment with your purpose yeah. and you're doing it intentionally you're not letting it to luck or by accident you are programming these values into your day to show up when you want them to show up right you know that if you've got five events over the next two days you can actually program in those values to appear at these events so that people they you know I, I for me it's like you become a human magnet Um, People are attracted to it. They want to see those things that matter most to you. And when they know they're real and authentic and it's, they can feel it. It's almost palpable in the air. Um, It's, you know, we joke about, Melissa and I joke about this all the time that when you are super successful, like she's been, Mm -hmm. and you are a dynamic personality and people uh, genuinely like you and want to be around you. Thank you. Uh, yeah,
0: I'm sorry. You were talking
1: about <laughs> Melissa. I was talking so <laughs> sorry, By Melissa. I'm so sorry. Gems. Keep going. <laughs> That's fine. Um,
0: oh,
1: it makes it a little difficult um, because a, a great leader has to be really careful of becoming a personality driven entity. Mm-hmm. And we see it happen in churches, we see it happen in companies, you know, whether your lead pastor uh isn't preaching that day, and so in comes the youth pastor and half the congregation leaves, right? They don't want to be there that day. Or you're Steve Jobs and uh you pass away and, and who's gonna take that over? Because if when you are that strong of a personality and you're driving, people expect you to be there. And when you're not there they're disappointed. And and this is some of the things that we've had to talk through a little bit because she has sort of become this force of nature and people expect her to be there what if it's going to be something about ckc and and they're doing an event They want to see her there. Mm -hmm. And I understand that, but if they're going to grow, if they're going to scale in any way, shape or form to help the maximum number of kids they can, she can't be at every event. Mm -hmm. She's got to be more focused and strategic about when and where she's doing things because it's her job to grow the organization. It's her job to stretch out that platform. And, um, and that's beyond what happens in Orlando where they're based or in central Florida, even it goes so far beyond there. They've got, They've got um, research happening from here to Scotland and back. Mm -hmm. So she can't be solely focused in this area. And part of that understanding for her of leadership is she has to make sure that she has the people surrounding her that are fully capable of being able to run the organization when she's not there, which I think now finally after um a few years of of sort of figuring out what's going to work you have a great team
0: an unbelievable team i mean and i absolutely love being part of t- the team you know that's what's amazing we you know we have a group text going you know I sent them my you know little outfit today and my hair and we are you know we're friends outside of work too and I think that for me I I think I grew up with this idea that to be a leader or to be in business that there had to be that sort of line between work and friendship and I was never able to do it it's just not in me and now I know it's because my values have connection in it right so for me if i'm not connecting with someone at work it won't work for me yeah. and so i gave up that idea that i can't be friends or know what's going on in the people's lives whom i, I spend most of my time with now we're, that is interchangeable for me and that has helped ckc grow and like i could not be more proud that there's you know we're going to have a photo shoot in new york in times square tomorrow we have an event in Florida tomorrow we have another event in New Jersey on Saturday and we're having events in all different places and of course I'm not all of them but CKC is growing and each of those people on the team are, are leaders in their own way and just really grateful for their ability to go out there and be brave and do the work because it's really really hard work. And you know that, you know, pediatric cancer is not cute kids with bald heads. It is raw, it is emotional, and it does take a lot out of you to be in this type of work. And each of the women that I work with have said, you know what, it is hard, but we can do it. Yeah. And they are. Yeah. And so that's how CKC is going to grow. I mean, we brought on Karen as an executive director, and I stepped down as executive director to be more in the education side and speaking for for cannonball gets cancer. And now we have a driving force that is there saying, I'm going to take you from 1 million to 5 million a year. Mm.
2: You know what I've noticed too, which is great. Not only is it the hard work that you guys are putting in and the friendship that you have at work, you are so good. And actually all of your team so good that I see what you post on social media. You found a tremendous balance with family and work. So I, you know, I probably would say it's a 50, 50 mix for every businessing something that's powerful to your point it's raw it's influential but then you're also having some goofiness with your kids or your husband or whatever and i just think you know that goes back to your values as well it's not it's not that you're not all in it's just for every really hard thing that i'm going to be doing today we're going to have some laughs at the end of the day as well and I appreciate I think that's fantastic
0: and it definitely took a minute to figure that out you know it definitely did I last year you know my husband and I decided we were going to adopt and you know I can share that on here I'll be going in a couple weeks to go pick up my little girl Charlie and she's in an orphanage in Columbia and you know for everything you add to your life something has to be pulled back right and so that is something we're adding and I want to be there and I knew I had a year to try and figure some things out and so growing the team and the timing of that is allowing me to be able to go to Columbia for a month yeah. I, I couldn't have done that a year ago Jim I would have never been able to have left and go somewhere else and certainly not during Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month yeah. but you know with adoption you go when they call you and they yep. tell you to go but I'm not worried about it because I know that the team has it you know yeah, they I'd really do it's, it's amazing and I know it's just going to grow and, and get bigger and we have some very exciting plans in January I don't know if I'm allowed to share them should i share them anyway uh, i don't know (laughs) i'm really not trying to tease you i actually genuinely don't know if i'm supposed to share it but i will (laughs) oh well um so ckc is actually going to launch their own speakers bureau january 30th and 31st of 2020 we will be um doing a two-day training we are bringing around 50 people from all different states, um, trying to represent as many of the states as we can. And we're essentially going to train them, and they will leave with the ability to speak factually and accurately about pediatric cancer nice. and they will go back to their own states and we actually we did a national survey to figure out what exactly does the average American know about pediatric cancer mm-hmm. and then you know we'll redo it in the places where our speakers are so that we can fully see what is our impact in a year two years three years and um, we'll have two different tracks. One will be for you know the Brants and Melissa's of the world who have had mm-hmm. pediatric cancer happen in their family, and then the other is for people like you, Jim, who are you know see the realities of pediatric cancer, want to change it. Maybe didn't have a child with it, but yeah. that doesn't matter. Yeah, you know. And so we'll do. Um, we'll help them with their storytelling, and we'll send them off. And um, we'll, everybody will get a mentor and so we're very excited because and that's the part that you know you're talking about uh, i if ckc i we talked about this about a year and a half ago if it was just about melissa and michael and canon then we failed right Uh because it's not right Mm -hmm. it's about nolan it's about amy grace it's about your son it's about the child that's diagnosed tomorrow yeah And so we wanted to flush that away to be like, this is a pediatric cancer foundation that does research, period. Yeah. And how do we go out and educate about that? And so I'm excited. We're going to have speakers all over the country educating about pediatric cancer.
2: I've actually learned quite a bit just in the time that I've spent you know, around you, certainly Brant sort of helped the way because of, of his son, Theo as well. But knowing the small percentage of dollars that are actually allocated to childhood, you know, when you start to think about childhood cancer is amazing. It's staggering that there should be more, but then you think about just this, this other side that, which by the way, I love your photographer, Rich Johnson who's done some stuff for us too, with the spectacle like photography. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, You know, I wish people could come in to take a a look and do a tour of your office because you talk about Rob. There's some pictures in there where, again, to your point, it's not cute kids that are bald and maybe with the cap. It is, like, front and center, and the the moments that he's captured is exactly what you want. You need people to feel that visceral, visual feeling of, I got to do something. And so part of what we're trying to do here, in addition to having some fun and having great people on the show, is – bringing more awareness to CKC. And so, you know, I think your whole team is just doing an awesome job.
1: Awesome. I
0: appreciate that.
1: It really, to me, it really leans into this idea of highlight and delete because I think that highlight and delete exists on a scale, Mm -hmm. right? And um, the scale that it exists for you is a one of great uh, width, Right, you have experienced uh, euphoric highs and incredible lows that some people don't recover from. Right, and so the idea of being able to highlight things but delete these things that are really bad, you know, part of of the rub. And I think this is why you know Rich Johnson's been so amazing is because he captures the the reality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if the reality for most is The cute kid who's bald, who, you know, is taking a a good picture somewhere. um, Then, then that the, the width of highlight and delete is not a lot, right? Because they don't really have the full picture they've got in their heads because they don't want to go further because it's uncomfortable. It sucks. It, I mean, to, to see the realities, you know, the, the, the first day when we were in the hospital with Theo, the first day we took a real walk around the oncology ward was, was shocking. It was shocking because it's not what you see Mm -hmm. in the pictures. It's not what you see on the commercials. It's, you know, an 18 month old who has got more wires coming out of them than, than the size of their body in that moment. It's the teenager who, um, you know, just went through hours of chemo and can't keep anything down. And, and that's, the reality it's mm. the you know the the shunts in the head and it's the 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 scars and the you know theo looks like he's been through mm. you know a, a war he's got more puncture wounds from lines being placed in and, and areas that he's had to have for dialysis and and all these sorts of things i mean his body's been just tortured for years and that's reality but nobody wants to see that mm-hmm. because it makes them so incredibly uncomfortable but i think what we're trying to say here and this really leads us into the second thought which i think is um goes to the to the width of what highlight and delete really covers um the second thought our our thought that rocks this week is this it comes from a foy vance song foy vance is a singer songwriter uh from ireland and the thought is this thoughts that rock number two Hope deals the hardest blows. And I say that it comes from a song uh, called two shades of hope. And the full lyric is this. It says, if there's one thing that I know, it is the two shades of hope. One, the enlightening soul. And the other is more like a hangman's rope. It's it's the reality is for as euphoric as hope Um, can make us when things go the way we want them to. And and for both of us, um, we were very blessed to have the outcomes that we have. Um, But we both know that um, there are many, including staff members at CKC who didn't get the same Mm -hmm. result. And so that other side, that dark side of hope um, is so incredibly difficult to deal with. It, It creates this, to be able to delete something in your life like that, that is so dark and so heavy and so hard to process, um, you don't. (laughs) You don't. You just learn to live with it. You learn to live with the hurt.
0: I said when I was speaking last week in San Francisco, um, pediatric cancer is a death sentence or a life sentence and it is nothing in between. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what you just said, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. it uh, is a uh, death sentence or a life sentence and it is nothing in between. And that is the reality that Richard Johnson is showing.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's when people, show, uh, this, this was the introduction I had to Melissa, um, from Rich, Rich uh, happened to see me speak at a conference in Atlanta uh, for photographers, and um, sent me this fantastic email and said I, I had to meet Melissa, uh, who happened to be in Central Florida. He knew I lived close by, and so that was great. But what we we had this long conversation, and what he said was um, that he had taken some really raw photos of what the truth is. And they had a a big fundraiser. Mm -hmm. And the very first thing that people saw when they walked up to the registration table was this image Mm -hmm. um, that was incredibly difficult to look at. Um, And there was a lot of people who were like, What are you doing? You can't do that. You can't show that. No one's going to, you can't, you're going to chase people off. And Melissa's response was, If you don't want to see it, then do something about mm-hmm. it, right? And that is the reality of the scenario: is that it hurts too much to see what's real, and so we don't ever we don't go there. We don't want to be that vulnerable, but we need to if we're going to actually
0: Change shift. Right. Yeah,
1: you know, four percent isn't enough. Yeah, to fix was that the number? It was four percent. It's four percent right. is of the overall dollars who have donated that uh, for cancer research go towards children. That's but crazy. But it's it's ridiculous because, you know, especially kids as uh, for for our son when he being fourteen, going through puberty, it screws everything up. Yeah. Because kids who are going through puberty, um, the the meds don't work like they do on the the young kids. First of all, the young kids' meds are just adult meds that they're trying to figure out how to give to to a child.
0: Diluted down. That's exactly right.
1: I mean, that is literally how the insulin pump was was Mm -hmm. born. Right. I mean, this is. Um, an inventor in uh, New Hampshire, where I'm from, uh, that that he's actually the inventor of the Segway as well. Hmm. And uh, so his first invention was the insulin pump. And and the reason that he invented that was because his brother at the time was going through med school and he was trying to figure out a way to microdose kids because they couldn't take the adult dose Mm -hmm. uh, of insulin. And so he creates this pump that actually gives them these little tiny microdoses, and and lo and behold it changes everyone's life and allows that but that's a band-aid that's a band-aid even today because it's not about microdosing a stronger med it's about getting the right meds for the children and that might not be the same med that you treat an adult with but unless there are companies that that invest in research and this is what truly attracted me to CKC more than anything is there are a bazillion pediatric cancer nonprofits in the country. Mm-hmm. There are a fraction that actually fund research. Mm-hmm. It's too complicated. Mm-hmm. It's too complicated. But Melissa's background and her ability to sort of bring together the right people allows them to say, okay, if we're going to raise $300,000. Where can we spend that $300,000? What research can we fund? How many kids is it going to put in the trial mm-hmm. so that we get the maximum impact for those dollars? That's not how it works at most at most pediatric cancer yeah. nonprofits. It's just not. They're looking to raise money. They're looking to do a variety of things that are all important things. That I'm not trying to to say they're not. They are important things, but they're not funding change in a way that, that will actually perhaps eradicate pediatric cancer. Or looking for these innovative solutions that
2: you do. A lot of times you just go for the one solution, let's just give the money and hopefully the research, you know, funnels through. Yeah. And you actually just went through this with Ken and I know that he was back in the hospital a week or two ago and same thing, right? You get these these contradictory treatments which Brant, I've heard you talk about all the time and I can't even imagine the experiences that you both go through, but you both shared at different times that this one treatment that solves this immediate need, which is for an adult perhaps, actually harms and makes it worse for this other treatment that's going to be a problem down the road. And they can't figure out either the dosage or whatever. And it's just you know, the the quote when you're talking about these two shades of hope, it goes, this is the immediate need. I've got to take care of it, but I know it's going to harm him or her down the road. We'll figure that out when we get there. And so you're going back and forth. And so, again, I don't know if you want to share any of that, but you guys deal with this all the time, I would assume, every time you go in the hospital going. And you might not know, or maybe you do know, but somebody is feeling like they've got to override you because, you know, they're wearing the white coat. I don't know. Is that something that you go through regularly? Mm,
0: overriding me <laughs> with the white coat. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, um, well, you guys
2: are both have some voices. I, I know squeaky wheel makes things happen no, in the hospital. I, and
0: you know what? It's it, it does take a certain type of person to say to a doctor, well, why are we doing this? Or how do you do that? And, you know, I share it all the time with Canon and it definitely took some courage to say the words because like Bran alluded to earlier you know um people even on our team have lost their children you know kelly king our research director lost nolan and he was three years old and that's not okay and but it took courage to be able to say canon as a survivor but what does survivorship look like Mm -hmm. right because if the goal is survivorship then show me what that looks like Mm -hmm. And, you know, we always say at Cannonball Kids Cancer, our number one goal is to create more options, to have more kids alive, right? That's the number one goal. But the second goal to that, the part B, is what does their survivorship look like and how can we do better? And, you know, you talked about it, adult chemotherapies are not the way forward for children, and we've been doing it for so long, and unfortunately there hasn't been much traction in the pediatric cancer world over the last 20 years. And so now it's time to change that. And there are several nonprofits that are out there doing pediatric cancer research and doing a fundamental job, like just phenomenal. But there can be more, right? Mm Can there ever be enough foundations doing research? And I think that the answer is no. But I agree with you, Brandt. It, it scares a lot of people. It yeah. is complicated. It is sometimes the, the payouts are really great and you get lots of kids on a trial. And sometimes you get three and it didn't work. Yeah. But if we don't try, we don't know. That's right. And so one of the things I think that CKC uh, does a little bit differently is we visit all of the institutions. You know, from January to May, Kelly King and I were in like 15 different states Um, so we were trying to figure out when we meet with the researchers they present to us and we have a lot of experience now for doing that for several years and so I don't know how many hospitals I've been to but a lot and so meeting with those researchers and figuring out what are what is hard for you like what are you trying to figure out because I will tell you that every researcher that I have met that works in the pediatric cancer field is there because they care period
1: yeah Uh, it's so I love the fact that, th- that this year, you guys, you know, last year they, they had a campaign called no more options and, and the big focus was to create more options. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so that obviously resonates, but, but this year it really is about what survivorship looks like. And, and the truth is that um, survivorship uh, can suck uh, a lot. And, and just because you beat cancer doesn't mean your life is great and everything is now you know, okie doke, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, especially with Theo now is a little bit older. Um, mm. survivorship looks very different. Mm. Survivorship is now him having to deal with the fact that every time he walks into a room, do they see him or do they see what he beat? Because it beat him up enough that, that his physical ability to walk and all those sorts of things have been affected and so how do you if the goal we've said this in another it was actually one of our thoughts sure if the goal is survival you've already lost yeah Mm -hmm. it can't just be surviving it has to Mm -hmm. be thriving right Mm -hmm. so how do we go from surviving to thriving the in in the can in the pediatric cancer world the answer is research Mm -hmm. that's how we get there research
0: is the key that's
1: it but we don't people want, and this is, this is, so this is the craziness, right? And it goes back to, to the quote here of hope deals, the hardest blows, um, being in a society that is all about immediate gratification, right? You will have organizations that want to go and visit the local pediatric oncology ward. They want to bring the stuffed animals. They want to bring the iPads. They want to bring these things and give them these gifts and we get it. And as a family that receives some of that, we appreciate it. But that is because they want to feel hopeful about the situation. They didn't solve it. They, they're not going to cure cancer, but they walk away feeling like I did my part. I did something. I didn't, I didn't just sit back and watch. I actually got up, went, and they, and they walk away feeling good about what they've done. And that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But gosh, to sit there and go, okay, yes, yes, we need organizations that do that but who's stepping in saying here's a here's a, a a trial that needs to be funded that can't get funding right now but it has incredible uh, potential to be a solution in this particular cancer because it's not like cancer is this one size fits all right. there's a bunch of different types and by of- the
0: way if you don't fund that then those children there's they're, they're staying home on hospice yeah. i think like that's the part that that is really hard to wrap your head around is you know if it's not funded they're told to take their kid home
1: yeah yeah
0: i mean and i have met families you know i just went to i just got in my car a couple weeks ago and drove to georgia and went to the funeral of an 11 year old hero of mine's coulter whom i have spent a lot of time with over the last couple of years and their family and that trial wasn't going to open until CKC invested some money into it. Yep. And it wasn't, it, I mean, in the scheme of things at that point, it was $100,000. Yeah. And now there's over 50 kids that are on that clinical trial. And of course, it's been funded much more than that. And now other organizations have got involved, which is incredible. But that seed money, his mum told me he was going home. he was sent home from two other hospitals and i think that that is why i always say research is the key research is the key because it is the only thing that will change the face of pediatric cancer
1: exactly right i mean we couldn't we couldn't agree more i to sort of wrap up today you know again thank you for coming number one sorry that the first episode got eaten up um but it was really important to us to have you here um mm-hmm. with us uh, because we 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 honest to god love you and the work that you're doing and um just wish that there were more people that that found uh, uh the courage to go out and do it um and not have to experience what you've experienced to to find the motivation um it's it's something that um going back to your highlight and delete to sort of close us out here we need more highlights hmm. we need more highlights and, and that's only going to happen um, when people continue to give uh, and fund research that presents options that simply don't exist right now and so, you know, CKC is is at the forefront of doing this. This is not a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. This is not someone who is in this massive office Although building. if someone
0: that is listening would like to yes, get several million sure. dollars, so, I am available to I'll, chat.
1: You know, let me say this. I love St. Jude. I've, I've, they're a client of mine. I've done work with St. Jude, um, through band of people together and, and the, and the work that we do with some of their teams there, it's been amazing. Um, but you know, the thing that shocked me the most of, um, of my experience there, the largest building on their campus is ALSAC. It's the fundraising building. Hmm. The hospital only has 75 beds. That's amazing. The fundraising building is almost twice the size of the hospital. It's crazy. But that goes to show you what it takes mm-hmm. to fund a hospital doing research like yeah. St. Jude. So that's amazing. It costs $2 million a day hmm. to fund St. Jude. $2 million a day. So when people hear numbers like that, they run the other direction right oh my gosh i could never make that impact here's somebody right here sitting at this table in tinfoil studios here <laughs> in winter garden florida that works out of a very small compact office but the impact that they're having with with the team there is resonating Across the world, not across Orlando, Mm -hmm. not across Florida, across the world. And it's because we have a few people who said, you know what, Um, we need to be an option that doesn't exist right now. And so we just can't thank you enough for being an option for those uh, families that, that need it. Um, and we will continue to our last breath here, support the work that you're doing.
0: You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for everything everything you're doing. I can
1: tell you personally, when
2: I first heard your thought to highlight and delete, like I'm a list maker. I think about, I used to teach time management. I was coming with a get rid of the small things, you know, focus on the, you know, that is, and probably for audience members, they need to hear stuff like that. But honestly, I hope people are walking away going, I need to be involved. Like If I'm just a little bit more educated today than I was before I started listening to the episode, this is why we have this platform. Like It's fun for us. We're having a good time. But there's a reason why we selected CKC. And, And honestly, if we can get eyeballs on your brand a little bit more and people go, I needed something bigger today than just being a little bit more effective as a manager. Yeah that's our hope so
0: i i, I, love, I love that and i just think you know for all the people that are listening highlight and daily you know if i if i didn't do that in my everyday ckc wouldn't exist yeah right because people said what are you doing showing pictures of canon like that that's disgusting stop showing pictures with kids with blood and even though it's my own child you know, if, if I listened and didn't do my highlight and delete, I wouldn't be adopting a little girl. And I just think for the people that are listening, you know, highlight and delete, you know, if like, like Brené Brown says, if they're not in the arena yeah. and they're in the cheap seats, delete, That's yeah. right. you know, they don't and, eyes. and so there's so many things in my life that I can look back on over the last couple of years where if I didn't do highlight and delete, I wouldn't have them. They wouldn't exist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So let me say this: If there is one of our corporate fans out there, uh, we know you're out there. We know that you listen to this podcast, and uh, if you are looking for an organization to support, um, how can how can one of these organizations write a giant, big, fat, uncomfortable check? Uh, to so my cell
0: phone number is no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But on our website, there is um, cannonballkidscancer.org. We also are very big into social media. We have an unbelievable Instagram and Facebook page, again, cannonballkidscancer, where you can see some of our events. And there are emails on there where you can get in touch. And mine's is wiggins at cannonballkidscancer.org if you wanted to reach me.
1: And I, I would be... Um I have to tell people that you are someone that they should be following on social media mm-hmm. even though we're friends even though we text uh, all the time uh, I honestly enjoy your social media stuff uh, your Instagram stuff especially it's, hilarious. Yeah. it's so um you know it it shows me that the work that we did is really paying off and you're investing yep. time in your family I love yep. to see you playing with the boys and what it's like to be a mom of three young boys oh, uh, and how I am so happy that those days are over in my life. Uh, and I have two grown boys at this point, um, but it's exhausting and exhilarating all at the same time uh, to watch you with them. So how can people follow you um, on your, on your social media profile? So so
0: when Canon was diagnosed, everyone called me mama bear. So my page is mama bear Wickens. Yeah. And um, that's where you can follow my crazy life of twin six-year-olds in kindergarten and an eight-year-old cannon and a very large dog yes and a little girl on the way. the way and my life is completely insane if you want to feel better about your life definitely click the story <laughs> button
1: it is one of my favorite things. Uh, Most is also someone who gets up at an ungodly hour every morning and she's a hot yoga person and all, all, all the things that uh, I run away from yes, on a yes, daily basis. For she sure. embraces.
0: Necrum. Yes. yes. She oh makes
1: <laughs> it <laughs> part of her daily life. I got up at 11. Uh, yeah. She, he got up just in time to do our first <laughs> yes, interview today. It's fantastic. Exactly
2: that's great we're kidding can i take this kilt off now yes it's you're, you're amazing you really are amazing and uh we, we we just couldn't be happier to be a part of what you're doing
0: thank you pleasure to be here
1: well again we 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 are uh, you're our first guest it's it's appropriate that you're the first guest in the studio, and so um, unfortunately we don't have video. We do have a few cameras. KT has taken a few pictures, so thank God because someone had to catch this look that you have today. <laughs> yes, yes. For someone she's who posts her outfit of the, she is like one of the most fashionable fashionistas on the internet, and her outfits and her hats. She's a hat girl, which which I Sombrero.
0: love, right? Yes. And
1: so, uh, t- first of all, to see you without a hat is a little bit, yes. weird. Very it's a little shocking, yeah, weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, but her but her hair is competing with gyms today it is it's it serious is. Serious got some serious height. height on there right now She's that's winning. Right. She's winning that's a bottle of aquanet right there <laughs> and um listen again we can't thank you enough thank you so much for coming by today and um we just look forward to continue to support the work that you're doing
0: thank you we'll we see love you again. you
2: Rock back
1: on